Hello. Uh, hey, brother, this is Bo. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi, Bo. Can you hear me all right? I can. I can. Um, Great. I had sent a link through Zoom to see if you could, uh, if you would be able to use it, and I didn't think you would be able to. So, what I'm, what I'm going to try to do is just record our phone call through my mic and see how it works. Well, I could try Zoom. Let me see how many bars I have here. Okay. I've I've got a couple bars. Let me let me go ahead and try Zoom. I've done it before. Tell you what, um, should I just hang up and try that real quick? I sure. can call you back if it doesn't work. Yeah, that's no problem. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Bye. All right thanks. Hey there, believers. Let's get through this commercial break first, so we can enjoy a full show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you love coffee? Of course you do. Who don't? I'm drinking a cup right now. Sobervet Coffee is a military family-owned company that brings together a love of coffee and support for military-affiliated people in recovery. Sobervet Coffee donates 20% of net proceeds to charities that support military and veteran mental health. Co-founders and spouses David and Christina Beardsley built Sobervet Coffee to connect current and former military families that are in the community of recovery. This specialty third wave coffee is roasted to order, so you are guaranteed the freshest brew. It's available in whole bean or ground for your home brewer. And listeners will receive a 10% discount with the code BUMPBELIEVERS. That's B-U-M-P-B-E-L-I-E-V-E-R-S. Bump Believers. Go to SoberVetCoffee.com, find the blend you like, and order a batch today. I believe in this coffee because I believe in David Beardsley. I served with Dave, we deployed together, and I love him like family. God bless you, and God bless America. Do you want to be prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day life or when disaster strikes? from the office to the outdoors, then please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer. They're made in America, and I mean every single piece of fabric, hardware, buckle, and frame. All the labor, too, is right here in America. So when you buy from Squatch Survival Gear, you're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home. I've become good friends with Chris, um, he, he's a military vet so all of these packs are made to mill spec alright so they're all military standard packs they're good for everything these things are virtually bomb proof I promise you I own two of them I have the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack they cannot be beaten I've, I've had gear all my life I had gear in the military I have gear when I go hunting I have gear for camping the Squatch Survival Gear changes the game. 
All right, I, I take one to work every day. I take the Mothman pack with me to work. Just use it as a regular backpack, but it's so functional. It's, it's just unbelievable quality. All right, so please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Now, to save 15% site-wide, I encourage you to use promo code 23BUMP. That's 23BUMP to save 15% site-wide. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So now that we have this knowledge, we have to remember to walk in 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. is shot uh i sound like i probably don't sound any different to you guys but i have a full-blown head cold or something we'll just call it a head cold Uh, feeling pretty rough but hopefully this will work man i want to hear your story all right i usually do a a pre-intro but today uh we're just going to go straight into it. Today, I have Seb on here. He's calling me from Hawaii. Um, we're, we're hoping the connection stays good. He's got a lifetime of experiences. We're going to get into everything we can in the amount of time he has to talk. I'm not going to disclose anything ahead of time. I'll, I'll just let it unfold as it does. And uh, everybody, please welcome Seb to the show. How's it going, brother? It's good. It's very good, Bo. Thank you. Thank you, man. Well, look, uh, you said you've had stuff happen all your life. You're a a, higher, a highly spiritual person. You believe in Christ. I'm I'm hooked already. I want to hear whatever you got, brother. So wherever you want to start at, let's go. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, this is just a lot to dive into. Uh, I have had a lot of experiences in my life, uh, ranging from many encounters with uh, Sasquatch in the Pacific Northwest, um, which I'd love to jump into that later in the conversation. I grew up here in Hawaii, where I uh, live now, and um, I very, very country. It's very country out here, and um, 
so I grew up on a lot of property and um, some of my first experiences uh, were the well the first one that's really great to talk about was um, seeing uh, the Manahuni, the little people you know yeah. um, they're like kind of like elves and uh, that would be in like other cultures like uh, in Norway they're the little folk you know all the cultures around the world have um, stories of these guys and um, with very similar traits and attributes, you know, that they're kind of like tricksters and, um, and well, I, yeah, I, I, I had a encounter with them when I was about six years old and it was just totally terrifying um, for me at that age. Because um, I was playing out on our on our acreage here uh, where I grew up, and I just kind of looked up and and they were totally surrounding me. There was probably about eight to ten of them, and they had me totally surrounded. And they're you know I'm a six years old six year old, so I'm probably you know three I don't know three three to four feet tall, you know, and they, they were all half my size. So I would guess they're all like about two feet tall. And, um, they were really getting a kick out of it. They, they, I could tell, like, as I look back, like it was fun for them and, uh, it was terrifying for me. And so I just, you know, ran back to ran right through their, their little, circle and ran back to the house and uh, it was really difficult at, at that time and that age because you know I I would I told my parents immediately and of course they just didn't believe me at all they're just like oh everything's okay calm down you know yeah and uh, so that was difficult I remember that being probably the hardest part of it is that um no one really gave gave it any credit you know Man, okay, eight to ten of these things. Uh, help me out here, man, because you're this is the first story I think that I've had about Minahuni. Um, I know they're the little people, mm -hmm. but what do they look like? Do they are they dressed in like uh, they're, they had little like it sounds funny, but they had like little outfits, like like kind of like little shorts and shirts and and they, they were pretty similar in the way that they all were dressed. They, I, to my memory, they were all male. Um, and yeah, they, but they, it, they look like elves, like little elven guys. Yeah. That's what they look like, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, kind of similar to, you know, some kind of, hollywood movie where there's like little elf guys you know they look pretty similar to that that is crazy and so you say yeah when... go ahead yeah yeah i'm sorry man i'm just i'm fascinated by you know these local localized cryptids and creatures and folklore and all that um so they're they're tricksters i've heard that word said probably six times in the last three days yeah, like it's, it, it's a recurring thing for me right now. 
So what kind of tricks are these guys play? Um, well, it's really common in, in here in Hawaii, um, especially with the locals that it, any talk about the, the Manahuni, like, so let's say you, you're working on your car and you set down a wrench and then you turn around and it's gone. Right. There people will be like, Oh, the Manahuni took it, you know, yeah. that they're, they'll, they can, they, they historically are known to kind of like mess with people a little bit, you know, um, or a lot if 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 you're kind of invading their area if they're if you are moving into an area where they inhabit then you know i've heard more stories of people having a lot more problems um but generally uh you know i know quite a few people here who have had encounters with them uh i know some you know, real big local guys who go, uh, boar hunting mm -hmm. a lot and they, they hike way up in the hills here and, um, and they have, they, they'll have like a big, big pack of dogs that they, that they take with them. And so kind of common experiences for them will be where they get into an area and the dogs are just, I mean, these are dogs, they'll go right at a boar of, 500 pound boar i mean they're they're really tough dogs but they'll all of a sudden get really scared and start acting really strange and and there's been times where when that happens that uh my friends these local guys have seen little tiny footprints bare bare footprints in the mud and and they anytime they've seen that they're just like all right turn around we're going back you know wow. they just have a real high level of respect for for the Menahuni and just like if we're in their area let's get out of here um, we don't want to mess with them yeah yeah that makes sense you know you respect their territory especially knowing that they uh, that they're kind of like a metaphysical right that like they're kind of half in this realm and half into like another higher dimension oh absolutely yeah they um they they in that way can be i think this sasquatch is the same way personally yeah. um that they can disappear they can kind of turn more into what you might see as like a ball of light or an orb and they can kind of yeah be totally non-physical or um be physical you know they have control over that yeah man that's remarkable i love that and i, I know that had to be terrifying as a kid but looking back now would would you want to see a minahuni again would you uh you know i i i, I totally would i yeah. would love to um it's it would be so cool i'd love to see one again you know um i uh I definitely, you know, when I lived in Oregon and, and I graduated high school in Washington State, I lived up in Alaska, I fished in Alaska, uh, lived way out in the country up by the Canadian border in Washington in my 20s. Um, and so I've spent a lot, I've had, I've been around Sasquatch a lot in my life. I've lived around people who have, uh, had tons of encounters um, with them, and uh, and then probably about I guess about six seven years ago, six years ago, I I really took 
a much greater interest in in Sasquatch and really went out started going out and and seeking it out you know up in the um forests and um in Washington up around Mount Hood yeah. it's a real hot spot and um so yeah so I racked up a good good handful of really tremendous experiences that really opened my eyes more to to yeah to what they're like you know that I uh I firmly believe they they are they're more they're not just flesh and blood they're they're able to basically disappear at will um physically disappear or be physically present and strong enough to you know rip an entire tree out of the ground roots and all you know they have a strength that's just uh just unimaginable really you know um but yeah some uh uh, they they also they have the ability to to communicate telepathically and that's something that i've experienced in um several of my encounters with them uh like the very first encounter i had with them i truly believe that they this one sasquatch came to me came right outside of my little cabin that I lived in, um, which was in the woods. But he came, he came there and woke me up in the middle of the night, about three in the morning, and and I uh, I fully believe he did so just basically because I had developed such an interest in them, you know. So I re- I really believe they they can basically read our hearts and read our minds and and really just kind of peer right into our soul and um and when this one came right behind my cabin woke me up in the middle of the night and he made i'd say about three different times he made this just the loudest most intense loud 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 noise he was like a like a you know kind of scream a really deep and then really like ah and when he did that it i got this message like in english in my in my head that said here i am and what it it had this connotation to it right that it meant it's it was saying like you've been you've been thinking about me like you've been knocking on the door well here i am kind of kind of thing you know so that was my very first encounter and uh you know have had a good number of encounters with them um ever since then as sometimes of going way way out and uh, bringing bring bringing them apples and setting up a little gifting thing and then camping out for the night with um me and me and one of my my best friends are really into this yeah. and um and those times, oh my gosh, you know, like just being surrounded by probably four or five of them, like a family group, um, just all night long. Give me the and, details, man. I, I want to hear. I want to hear everything you you can share. I want to. Oh hear- man, this this one this one was is hands down the the wildest night of my life. I mean, just the wildest night of my life because we. I had a, a Toyota Land Cruiser, like a 90s Land Cruiser that, I mean, could drive up a cliff, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah, man. And 
so we were we were got out to this spot up um near the base of mount hood and it's an area called the dark divide because if you fly over there's just no lights for like 100 miles in all direction right a really deep forest out there just a few logging roads that go through and so we drove out there we got out there you know before sun sunset um just a place that i don't think anybody had driven to in in a really long time you know you couldn't drive there unless you had a rig like like mine and um so we got out there kind of in this little um valley where the the forest goes up on both sides pretty steep and um and so we get out there and we set, we right away, you know, we set up our little apples on this rock for real close to where we're, we're setting up our camp and um, shoot right, right when it got dark, um, we didn't hear anything, but I just got this little kind of like an itch, you know, this sense of like, I was like, let's just, let's just walk right over there and check the gifting site. Right. Let's just go yeah. look. You know, and it had just gotten dark. And so we walk over there <laughs> and one of the apples has been taken. We had set up like seven apples, right? On yeah. balanced on these rocks. And the others had been moved and balanced on other rocks, what? not where we had set them. Okay, so immediately we're just like, holy crap, you know, um, and so we just we got we going back, got our got our little fire going, and we're just sitting there. It was a beautiful night, and you know, within fifteen twenty minutes, they started making their calls, and they were surrounding us. Uh, they were up on this one forest ridge, I'd say 100 yards over. They were up on this other forest ridge about, you know, 100 yards that way. And um, and they were really just, you know, we both got the, the feeling that they were just, they were having fun. They were enjoying our presence um, and our present, right? You know, right. <laughs> so they, we didn't, I... I, I didn't I didn't get any feelings of fear uh the whole night. Um it was really honestly a lot of their calls they were making were really kind of funny. Uh you could tell that there were some of the younger ones doing this and uh that was just a yeah, we both got that sensation. Uh the some of the calls were really funny, like I said, like uh there was like this call they were doing that was like kulu 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 <laughs> you know it was just like wow. so goofy yeah and uh a lot of whoops a lot of tree knocking a lot of just random screams and yells um but one thing that was really interesting that whole night was that <clears throat> we felt like it was a family group and I was sitting there by the fire and 
you know, I'd stand up, walk a little ways from the fire and holler back at them. And, and I just was getting this energy, this feeling that they're the, 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 the big daddy was, he was the closest one to us. He was just right behind these trees and rocks that were less than 50 yards away from us. Like really close. And I could feel his energy. I could just tell that like the big daddy's right there. And I, I said to my friend, Ben, I said, I was like, Hey, uh, you know, the, uh, the big daddy is, and he's like right over there. He, he knew too, you know? Wow. And, um, he literally like finished my sentence, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was totally amazing, you know, it, until, probably around four in the morning when we're both just real tired and just crashed out next to the fire. And, um, they were still making little calls and stuff. Um, but yeah, in the morning when we got up, uh, one thing I found very interesting is that they had left two of the apples and I kind of felt like that was like, there was like a message to that, like, Oh, well, two for you guys, you know, kind of, right. And, um, like, but yeah, that was really profound. Um, most, most, that was the most amazing, uh, experience other than another one, which kind of takes some other, have to like talk about some other stuff before, uh, along with telling that one. But, um, <laughs> but look, yeah. yeah, but before you move on to the next one, um, this, it sounds a lot like uh, a, a less scary, maybe. I don't know. You might have been terrified. I would have been. But it it sounds kind of like that Ron Moorhead situation. Right. You know, the Sierra sounds where he's getting to hear yeah. him. Did you guys communicate back? Did you? Did oh, you... yeah. We were, we were making calls back all night. You know, we were trying mm-hmm. to copy their calls. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just fun. I, yeah, no. Like I said, you know, I just didn't get any any kind of feeling, any kind of gut feeling of danger or it didn't get any kind of weirdness. Yeah. Um, I just felt like the kids were having fun. Right. And so the parents were like, all right, cool. These guys are harmless, you know. Right. And it makes sense that you thought, you know, there's probably four or five of them. Not only did they, you know, they have people on or or they were they were stationed out on either side but if you had seven apples and they left two it seems like they're they're doing that one a piece kind of thing right you know yeah they get five yeah. you get two that, man that's such a cool experience i wish it was, could do something like it that. was so cool it was so cool um you know uh they all they stayed out of sight you know but um God, just the wide variety of calls, you know, they like in the Ron Moorhead thing. I love that video or that, that recording, you know, they have like a whole language, you know, and, um, there was a lot of different calls that we heard. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Well, when they vocalize in what, you know, would be, I would assume closer to like their natural voice, like when they're not mimicking or anything else. Did they sound similar to the to the Ron Moorhead voice that like that that kind of accent or kind of? 
um like the samurai chatter kind of yeah. thing you yeah. know i didn't really hear i maybe heard a few sounds that had similarities kind of like the who you know who yeah you know uh different stuff but they do it they were doing a lot of goofy screams and stuff yeah um, wow that's so cool man i i'm a little jealous i'm not gonna lie because yeah. it sounds like just a good time you know that's, that's just a good experience and you got to oh, see the reality was... of it you know did did you get yeah i'm, I'm excited on... um this winter i'm gonna i'm going back for um to the we call it the mainland right yeah we're here in hawaii we call the the states the mainland so but yeah i'm going back there for christmas and um definitely gonna go back out to that that spot and uh see what we see that would be amazing man you better let me know <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know if it breaks loose again man uh, yeah all right so so but, um, into this other experience okay so so there is some lead-in because yeah now this is an ex this is the experience I had with the Sasquatch that happened while I was out of out of my body, and that's a whole nutshell thing to yeah. talk about out of body experiences because I've been having them for over twenty years. Uh, not 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 all the time, uh, but right. I've had a lot of them over the last twenty years. Um, and uh, I first, so without a body experiences, I first found out about the potential of them from my grandfather, actually, um, who he was a really amazing guy. Um, he was, uh, you know, fought in World War II and was a credible artist. Um, He's a really accomplished painter. Wow. And, uh, it's a fantastic guy, but he, he had, um, had out of body experiences. And so he told me about them when I was like maybe 14 years old and it just really impacted me. And I thought, man, that's amazing. You know, like just, well, whoa, whoa, you know, and it was probably when I was about 20 that I was in a bookstore and I saw this book on, I think it, I forget the guy's name, but he's pretty famous in as far as like out of teaching people about out of body experiences and stuff. Right. And, um, so I got that book and I kind of practiced the most like a lot of relaxation, uh, practices and stuff. Um, where you're just trying to get your physical body to be so relaxed that you're, but you're not falling asleep. And then there's the kind of this threshold where, your your energetic body your spirit right can become loose from your physical body and you can you can get out of your physical body wow. and so i practiced that um and then you know it started in my kind of early 20s it I, I i had my first experiences where it really worked it really happened and um and then, yeah, that that led into, you know, a lot of like I've I've met out of body with um, my, my uh, deceased friends and relatives, um, pretty much all of them that have passed away. I've, I've met up with them after, which is really, really awesome. You know, like I met up with my grandfather um, when I was out of body after he passed away. 
And it, that was really cool because, um, you know, he had, he had gone back. He, you know, he died in his 90s. Right. But when I met up with him, he looked like he was in his late 20s, you know, and he walked up to me and he was kind of like he was really funny because he did this. He came up to me and he was like. He was like, put his hands out. He's like, check it out. You know? like, <laughs> look at me, you know? And um, so, yeah. And uh, similarly with my stepfather, when he passed away, I met up with him many months, many months after he passed away. Um, I met up with him out of my body. And that was the same night I met up with him. So I, I left my body and when I, whenever this happens, you know, uh, I try to stay really calm and I get out of my body and then I just try to get out of the house, you know, and cause I, I want this experience to go on. I don't want to, you know, get, I don't want to get too excited and go snap back into my body. Right. right. And so this time, uh, I was living in the woods up in, uh, Oregon and I got out of my body and I, and I left, the uh, the cabin it was the same cabin where i had that sasquatch that first sasquatch encounter and i got out and i i kind of always like have a, a prayerful attitude in these experiences where i'm kind of calling out to like more angelic um beings right. to help me you know kind of like spirit guides or you know calling out to them to say hey help me out you know because that's what i've learned is is um a lot of times I don't know necessarily where to go, right? I don't know what to do or where to go, but if I ask for some assistance, then a lot, then most all the time I'll get helped and brought somewhere that I'll get to have, like, I'll get to see some really amazing things, you know, yeah. Yeah. or have, or have a really good meeting with, um, kind of like a spiritual counselor, right. <laughs> or like something uh, someone of much greater wisdom and and awareness than me who can help me a lot and um, just have a good conversation. And yeah. so this time I, I left my body, I go, I go out and I run and up walks my stepfather who had passed away. And, um, and it was really great. We, we like hugged and kind of wrestled and, and laughed and it was just it was so much love you know and um and then we we said our goodbyes and and out it was kind of a getting to be like dawn and uh so i just went cruising went just went running walking through the woods and everything out there and um and boom i see three sasquatch and i'm out of my body <laughs> and and they were about probably at least 100 yards away from me and I got really excited and I was like hey you know calling out to them and they turned and they looked at me and then they kind of turned their back to me and then I was like oh no 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 like please kind of like please yeah. kind of I almost like begging like oh I really want to see these guys you know and so then they turned and they walked straight up to me and there was three Sasquatch. There was two younger ones, uh, like adolescent males, and then the older male. And they were all just freaking huge, like seven, eight, at least eight feet tall, you know, four feet wide. They're like a sheet of plywood, 
you know, and, um, and they came right up to me and the older male spoke to me, but I don't remember him like moving his mouth. It's just like, he just telepathically spoke to me and he said, he's like, you need to understand this. He goes, we are in no way evil. We're just very upset with what humanity is doing to the natural world. Oh, wow. And that is, it was crystal clear. Uh, It was very intimidating. Their energy is just so intense and they're, you know, they're so huge. Their presence is so strong. But I just kind of stayed, sat there and I was like, okay, I get it. All right. But um, I feel like that was, I feel like that was a very helpful message for me that I did need to hear uh, like from the horse's mouth. Right. Because I had been, I had, uh, you know, been listening to so like, uh, Sasquatch Chronicles and stuff. And I'd heard so many stories about like traumatic experiences people are having with these, they're just horrendous encounters. Right. And, um, and so, you know, you know, I just, I guess uh, maybe a part of me questioned, like, are they kind of evil or something? And, you know, I just, I, any more like, uh, well, without experience and then my other encounters, you know, I just, I don't think they I don't think they're, I think evil would be like a really, really, uh, miscalculation as far as like judging them, you know, they're just, we don't understand what they are, you know, but, um, but, but they know. definitely, they definitely are very, 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 very intelligent and, um, have, have, they have use of kind of powers that we don't understand, you know? Yeah. This whole thing is so wild. Like, I wish I knew how the other side worked, you know, right. I, wish, I, I wish I knew how, how you're getting in contact with these relatives, how, how you've been able to train your body like this is phenomenal. And there's a guy that I know he's going to be listening to this show. Uh, he's going to message me. He's going to want to contact you. It's uh, my buddy, Dennis. He was on episode five, the very first season. Um, it, the episode was called Terror in the Ozarks. And Dennis had a, a face-to-face encounter with a Sasquatch. But the over overwhelming majority of the time, uh, when me and Dennis talk, it's about out of body experiences and uh, astral projection and stuff like that. So we we talk all the time, you know, in email or or messaging on Instagram about it. So I know when he hears this that you've got this experience where you, how in the world did that happen? Uh, man, I man yeah, I love it. Uh, so he okay. So these three. Sasquatch figures, eight foot tall, four foot wide. Oh yeah, monstrous looking, huge. Um, were were they just going to walk away from you? Like they they weren't going to even. That was that was the feeling I got when I first called out to them. They looked back and they kind of, then they just kind of, they literally just a feeling of like if someone just going to blow you off. They're like, like human, right? And that was the feeling I got. But then I just literally pleaded with them. I kind of yeah. like, I kind of got, I, I put my hands out 
and I kind of lowered myself more to the ground and I was like, Oh, please, you know? Yeah. And, and then they just, boom, they came, they came right at me. It's like, it's almost like they didn't realize, like, it's like, wait a minute, he's in the spirit realm with us. Maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we give him a shot. We give him a chance. But... Yeah. Throw him a bone here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and even the message that makes sense, you know, they don't want to be looked at as evil that they're just getting frustrated, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, you look at the Native Americans and a lot of the, the Northwest tribes refer to the Sasquatch as being like protectors of the forest, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of accounts of them just destroying logging equipment up yeah. in the hills, bending, imagine messing up a D nine. Right. Yeah. How that, how do you do that? How do you bend the front? of a d9 it, it, it seems Push like it off a cliff it, it seems like they have like an angelic order like they, they have like an angelic power you know what i mean i don't it, know yeah. what else to call that you know like a higher being that, yeah they have a power. power we can't even of a, a, a strength that we can't comprehend yeah you know it's it says in the bible you know it talks about principalities and powers um Sometimes I get in the mindset, man, that maybe what we're looking at and thinking or and calling a Sasquatch, you know, principalities, they have dominion over regions on earth, you know, different areas. And I always just associated it with like countries. But maybe um, I, that's my small way of thinking, you know, by borders or whatever else. Maybe these these Sasquatch, maybe they're like the manifestation of principalities of nature you know like maybe that's their region is just nature in general maybe like the woods or whatever is in their dominion and you know that and that would make them protective um all, yeah the principalities aren't all good guys uh not many are good guys from what i understood so that, that could help explain these missing 411 cases too right right it's just something I'm yeah. kicking around, but it would explain how you're getting to see these guys in the spiritual realm. Um, yeah. Behind the veil, Seb. I don't know. Uh, do you get to see other other entities like this? Um, Not in my really, not really like in my waking life, you know, yeah. but when I've, when I've gone out of body, uh, I have had a lot of, um, I, I ha had an encounter also with a, uh, elf kind of guy right and this was when i lived in oregon and he and I, we, I got to sit down and talk with him i don't even know how long um it's kind of hard for me to remember everything that we talked about but one thing i do really remember and he he was he was like a elf looking guy he was pretty small you know maybe three feet tall or smaller and and uh he looked he looked pretty old um but he one thing about our conversation that i had with him was he just knew everything about like the history of the world and he knew everything about humanity he knew everything yeah. he was like the wi wisest little dude 
I've ever encountered, right? Yeah, man. And I asked him how old he was, and he told me he was like 700 years old around. And and I uh, I asked him if he was kind of like an anomaly among his people, right? Among his kind, is he extra special or something? And he said, no, like he's just totally the, the norm, right? Wow. Amongst his own. And so that was really, really, uh, really interesting. Uh, that but also the most, you know, the most, some of the most um, incredible out-of-body experiences that I've had have been meeting with more higher, like angelic kind of more enlightened, um, like we call them by a million different names, right? You call them spirit guides, you call them angels, you call them, they're just brothers and sisters, right? Who are way higher up the ladder and the path of, of, than we are. Right. And, um, and so those those have been, you know, extremely helpful. You know, a couple of them at times in my life when, you know, I really needed answers for situations going on in my life, you know, um, and was able to just kind of, you know, like most of these times that I've had these meetings with them, they literally are just kind of like, they're like, okay, you know, we sit down together. And they're like, okay, go like ask away what like any and I realize that I can literally ask them anything. Anything. They'll know. They will know in depth. Right. And so, you know, they just kind of have that cosmic consciousness. I don't they're able to just know, tune in or find out or just know about whatever. And so those have been really profound. Uh, I, one of the, these meeting, the uh, meetings was about probably five years ago. And one really interesting thing about this one was uh, when I was to, I went out of my body and was like, and I kind of asked to be, to be brought somewhere, right? I asked to, which I normally do. I asked for help. I asked to be brought somewhere that's gonna, it's gonna be a good experience. It's gonna help me, right? Right. And so, I was brought, and I, I was kind of hurtled through there. I was, I was almost like there's a, a string gets attached to me and just drags me to a place like really fast. Right. And and I just kind of went with it. Just always from what I learned about the out of body experience stuff, just just try to just relax. Don't get too excited because if you get too worked up, it's gonna drag you back to your body basically. Yeah. And um and so where I ended up was this really beautiful courtyard, like outside of a really pretty little building like pathways and plants and trees just really pretty spot and this beautiful woman came out of the the door of the place and was like come in 
like welcome, like almost like they're expecting me, brought me in and brought me in to meet with this guy who's this elderly guy, really profound. Like when you think meeting these 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 people, right? These these beings, these angelic beings, uh, they're they're just like uh, their presence is so much love. You know, like you just feel like you're you're just meeting your your grandfather who loved you forever, you know, and you just you just melt around them, you know. And so. So he brought me in and sat me down and and it was like, okay, so, you know, what do you what what do you want to know? At first, my first thing was I said, where are we right now? You know, and he said, we are in a city or like. Uh, we're in a basically yeah like a a place at the that's under the ocean that's what he said we're in a we're in a place that that all of this is under the ocean and i was like whoa okay um and then went on i asked him a lot of personal questions and and stuff about friends of mine in my life and just situations that were going on and he answered all of that. And then I kind of ran out of things I could think of. I asked him, my last question was, I said, tell me something that'd be good for me to know. Like, just like, just go ahead. Like back on you, like something you think is going to be helpful for me to know. Just tell me. And he told me, he said, one thing that's going to be a very big problem in your world is that they are going to try or they're going to get rid of cash money. And he told me this five or six years ago. Yeah. And I, I didn't understand. I'd never heard of that. That was the very first time I'd ever heard of this getting rid of cash. And, you know, but he said that that would be a, a very big problem. And, um, and now, it's just it's really coming crystal clear these days yeah. you know what the agenda of these psychopathic bankers you know is right now to to really clamp down and get get rid of the use of cash and just basically control us evermore with um kind of a communistic approach you know social credit score turn off your bank account you don't have any cash you know exactly yeah because once it goes digital when there's nothing tangible left man Mm -mm. they can just like they have free reign they they could change it it's just numbers on a screen oh yeah i mean it already is for them yeah but then they really have the ability to just you know control us if if you're a person who's speaking out against the psychopathic dictators in charge, then right, yeah, bye bye money. Yeah, yeah. And good luck getting a loan. Good good luck buying a vehicle, buying a house, anything. Anything. Wow, man. But, so yeah, um, under under the ocean. That's what he said. That's what he said. And um, I'll share one more of these um, out-of-body experiences that similarly meeting with um, uh, 
one of these guys, one of these beings. And I met with women too, really, really phenomenal, like um, angelic, enlightened yes. uh, women. But this, this, this meeting with this guy was really cool because I've met with, I've met him a couple times. This, this next guy I'm going to tell you about. I don't know is I, I don't, I'm not aware of his name, um, but really incredible guy. Um, and this encounter was really cool because I left my body. I went outside and I, it was a really starry night and I looked up and I saw like a light going across the sky, which, you know, I've seen this, I've seen these so many times, so many times, right? You know, it's not a satellite, right? It's not a satellite. It's right. lower in the atmosphere. It's really bright. And it's just cruising, floating like a feather across the sky, right? And I've seen these so many times. But this time, I was out of my body. And so I just was like, I had this feeling like I can go there. Wow. Right? So yeah. I called out. I asked to be taken there and i got boom instantly instantly like the second the thought left right yeah i again instantly got started pulling pulled up there really really fast and i as i was going up i was looking at it and it's getting closer and closer and brighter and closer and then i'm up inside of it wow and it was when i got in there it was like a very comfortable it was like one big comfortable room Right. It almost seemed like the floor was carpeted. There was probably like seven or eight people kind of sitting on like cushions or like on the floor. Right. Or something like that. And then the guy was sitting in front of them. So he's facing me. All the other people have their backs to me because they're they're facing him. And he just looked at me and gave me this like message basically just like have a seat and observe right and so i did and uh and that was really really cool because he, what i realized was going on right was that there was all these people who were there were were out of their body as well oh man but the thing is i don't think that they would wake up in the morning and remember what happened right what it seemed to me is like they were being given this guidance that was like important maybe they're more and it's hard to describe it's almost like they're like i think that everybody has their their soul or their spirit awareness and it can be they can have kind of a a bit of a not a disconnect but like too much of a filter between their soul spirit awareness and their waking daily life awareness, right? Right. So maybe they'll catch a, a glimpse of a, of a memory of something and think maybe that was a dream or something, right? Or they'll just later like they'll like maybe they'll have like an experience in their soul spirit body while they're out of their body, and then maybe the next day it'll just kind of come to them as an idea, right? Right. You know, that's I don't really know how to describe it other than that. But I did get the sense that all these people like weren't consciously aware 
or wouldn't be a consciously aware of this taking place the next day. Right. But for example, like these, he was talking with these two girls probably in their twenties and he was explaining to them how, you know, that they were about to meet in the physical world. And it was a really great thing because once they met, they would quickly become really good friends. Then their friendship would like endure through their whole life. And that they would, they would like really be there, bring a lot of support to each other's lives, you know? And so he was just kind of briefing on them on this, like on what was about to happen in, you know, in their life. And it was just really interesting. It was really interesting. You know? That is, that's, that's wild, man. Yeah. Now, what you were looking at, was it a quote unquote alien? Was this? A- no, not at all. No, he's a guy. Just he's a guy. A guy um, looked like he was in his fifties, maybe had kind of a short, shortish uh, beard, um, pretty casually dressed, you know, co- like nice, but just kind of comfortable um, sitting in a chair, you know, <laughs> sitting in like a kind of wooden chair, chair, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen these, um, I, I have seen some, I won't say never, but these like gray alien things. I don't really, I don't really know what all that is. I, but I don't think it's very good. Um, right. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I don't really know what all that is. I, I've never really encountered it. Um, Although I, cause maybe it's kind of like it. I did have an encounter briefly with some kind of weird entity like that, but, um, and it was very, very unpleasant. Um, and, uh, but I immediately called on my, on help. You know, that's one thing I learned. I learned is, is that, you know, like any kind of lower ghoulish demonic things they don't honor people's free will um but any all higher forces which are just so much more powerful than any demonic forces like just infinitely more powerful they do honor people's free will and so what i kind of learned early on is this you know you all we have to do is ask you know for for assistance and so when i did that instantly this kind of demonic ghoulish gray alien whatever the hell that thing is was just like vaporized you know wow and um uh so yeah so i don't i don't know i don't really fear any of that i don't seek any of that stuff out i don't know what it entirely is Right. I think I I do think you know like elements of our government know what that stuff is and I think so too. Yeah. Summon that stuff, you know. Yeah. Yep. I believe that wholeheartedly. And see, I had a guy on the show. Um, he wrote a book. Actually, I probably have it behind me somewhere. But yeah, Vincent Field. It's about astral projection and lucid dreaming. And he was talking about how when you're having these experiences that as you go up in like 
I guess it's a kind of like a frequency or a vibration or whatever. You know, these these ugly, mean, demonic forces, they're in these lower frequencies. So you don't often yeah. deal with them unless you let your your energy go low. But yeah, you'll you'll talk to higher beings the higher you resonate, the higher you know you you move. Absolutely, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I've primarily only just had really amazing um, experiences. You know, I, I, uh, I one time I was brought by one of my guides to observe this guy who was like. Um, I think he was like haunting an area. He was like, he had passed away, but he was so confused that he was kind of just like milling around this kind of park area. And um, I think he had, I think my, he, he had had like addiction problems in his, in his life. Yeah. And so, so my, I'll just call him like my guide, right? just suggested to me like hey why don't you go try to talk to him you know and i did i tried you know i don't really remember too much i don't think i was very successful but i tried to go and talk to him um see that that explains so much you know on the other side yeah Um, you know one thing i've learned about one thing i've learned from my, my experiences is that what we could call like heaven right is there's so it's such there's so much order right there's so yeah. much well for for one there's so much love right there's there's this palpable feeling of of love like i get tingles all over just talking about it like how there is so much love and care and um and yeah there's like and there's like a really perfect ladder of like those who are way higher than you and their awareness and their and their growth and they have ones that they can go to way higher than them you know like um uh and i just think that it's it's like a it's it's beautiful it's just a it's the most beautiful thing ever you know i personally i i absolutely believe in reincarnation i think that as souls we are coming back over and over and there and in the heavenly realms also like this it, it is like the spirit world right it's this is physical world that's the spirit world or that's the heavenly world um they we get so much help and assistance right in in between our lifetimes and maybe we could have maybe maybe it's a hundred years go by before we feel the need or pick the right time to reincarnate or come back you know um but I think that we're given so much help and assistance in, in understanding all the lessons that we need to learn. And then I think that it's totally a personal choice that we make to reincarnate, you know, where we go, okay, uh, there's a lot of things I didn't do exactly like how I want would want to do. And, you know, I, I want to go back, you know, like I've, I've known people who have had um, near-death experiences, right? Like I had this friend who um he was killed by his own platoon members in vietnam because he freaked out and wasn't he just wouldn't pick up his gun and they're like well if you're not with us you're against us and it was a really messed up situation but they killed him yeah 
And so he he left his body. He went he went had this near death experience where he uh, he went and and, you know, met with guides, deceased relatives and was given that choice of like, okay, now you see what it all really is. Do you want to go back? Um, And he was like, well, now that I and I've heard other people say this, too, they say, well, now that I know that this is a reality, right? I have like, yeah, I'll go back because I can always come back here. And so wow. I will go back and carry this light with me and, you know, and um, continue living my life. But, but as a changed person who now knows the higher reality, you know? Yeah. And I've, but yeah, I've met, a, I've met a few people who have had those kinds of out of body experiences or those kinds of near death experiences but that I feel like I got the same kind of thing from my out of body experiences of going, of going into that, the, the spirit world, the heavenly realms. And well, let me ask you, that's a good point too. Um, I've talked to a lot of people and I've heard it because, you know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts too, man. And I've heard it elsewhere. Did you personally have any kind of near death experiences as a child that may have opened you up to, being able to see or to be i don't know enlightened or you no know, i don't know i i did have um i was born with a uh a heart issue like a heart murmur that they did surgery on when i was about 13 and um so for open heart surgery um they especially back then you know in the 90s they they will would uh cool your body down to like 50 degrees right so you're basically you're kept you're kept your body's kept alive by machines but um i don't remember anything about that um i don't remember having any experiences attached to it's just like going to sleep and then waking up you know yeah but i i don't know i i think this i think that I have explained, there have been a few people in my life that I've thoroughly explained the whole out-of-body experience thing to, and then later on, it's happened to them. And so the way that I look at it is that it's a thing about if you're aware that it's possible, you believe that it's possible, and, you know, then it's kind of like you can knock at that door and, you know and be infinitely more likely to have it happen to you. And of course, any effort that you put forth into that direction is going to take you closer and closer, you know, reading a book on the subject um, and just not, and getting over any fear maybe that you have, you know, we could have like maybe erroneous fears um, that come from like some form of miseducation in our childhood or something. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I just think that it, I think it's possible for pretty much anyone, you know, um, I did work pretty hard at it, you know? Um, right. Yeah. You know, Man. I got, yeah, I did a lot of, I did a lot of, uh, fasting, you know, in my early twenties, uh, for the, for the purpose of like health. Um, it's really good for your health to do a multiple day fast, you know? Right. I had learned from, I had a teacher, um, who was a kind of a, uh, 
naturopathic doctor guy and he had cured many people of all kinds of cancers and as well as AIDS he had cured many people of AIDS and so that was you know something that really sparked my uh, my interest back then and it still does it's just kind of like you know the empowerment that is possible by taking taking hold of your own health you know not being like uh dependent on western medicine and all their drugs and everything but getting a good understanding of health and healing you know that makes a lot of sense too but I, I, I do feel like a lot of those actions that I took of the cleansing and stuff, the fasting, um, I feel like that made it to where I could relax my physical body deep enough and yeah. not just fall asleep, you know, and it, 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 um, you know, I kind of think of like the, the tensions in our body, you know, from say, if we have a lot of things we can't digest or a lot of stress built up, you know, it's like, uh, then it's like, you know, like we're like a tangled rope, you yeah. know, and you gotta, you gotta get that all loosened up to where you can relax deep enough to be able to do it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you know, that makes sense too. Um, in that respect, Biblically, you know, where Jesus cast this demon out of the sky, and right. and uh, they the the disciples asking him, you know, why couldn't we do it? He said, well, this kind can only be, you know, removed by fasting and prayer. You know, yeah, um, fasting that not just the yeah. person casting the demon out, but the person that's afflicted. If they fast, you know, they they starve that out, and it. it there's healing properties in fasting is what you're saying. And, you know, Oh, it's, I, I mean, tremendous, yeah. tremendous healing properties. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it also, uh, you could explain some of it, you know, uh, somewhat like one, one kind of understanding is, if you do a longer fast then you know like our blood vessels all kind of clean out all the kind of gunk that you know our body has this energy to be able to clean itself it knows what to do the body yeah. knows what to do yes know? it does and it and it so it can really go about cleaning itself out and um and you know there's all kinds of things that can happen happen spiritually as a result of that you know like um like our 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 minds work way better our you know it's way easier to have a, a quiet like very quiet body and mind you know yeah. and have our emotional self be very at peace you know and go into really deep states of, of peace and tranquility and um you know it's just it's infinitely easier to be able to do that you know and um and and then you know some things that happened to me after doing that a, a good bit was i started getting some memories back too that i i i hadn't i didn't have had forgotten right 
Really? So I, I started remembering a lot of stuff that was not bad. It was just, I remembered all kinds of stuff. Like I remembered being a baby. I remembered, um, I actually remembered my birth. I remember my birth. What? I remember coming out and like the intensity of it all. I remember when my brother was born, when I was like, uh, you know, a little year and a half old, um, I remember just all kinds of stuff, you know, um, I got more, I had more memories too of what I really attribute to probably my last lifetime. Like I remember I had two sons in that life. This was back probably in the early 1900s. And, you know, I remember so much stuff about my sons and, um, it's just like when I when those memories came back, I just cried a lot because it was just like all that love, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Man. And see, you know, I've I've thought on reincarnation a lot for a myriad of reasons. But you know, that that stuff, yeah, you're just you're dancing all over thoughts I've had before. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting in the Bible because they're um, back in the day of, of the times that it was written, um, you know, people said like, it, I think it was uh, understanding of, of reincarnation was way more common. Um, like they, people would say, oh, Jesus, is is he um, is he this person come again? You know, like, right. There was like almost like it was completely public knowledge yeah. that people could be someone come back again. Right. Yeah. Well, and, Jesus posed that question himself. Like when they, they were talking about the, the Elijah coming back and he's like, well, what yeah. if, I, you know, what if I said that Elijah did come back and you beheaded him, you know, I'm right. paraphrasing of course, you know, but he's talking about John the Baptist. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, I, I, I think that, I think that, um, you know, was like a council of Nicaea or something where they kind of, they got, they decided what was going to go in, what books were not going to go, what was not going to, and I think they, I think they excluded writings that were more uh, biblical, uh, I'm like brain farting on, but basically like books they excluded that had more information about reincarnation. And I think that the reason why they did that, and these are, would be like the, the controllers, not, not necessarily good people making these decisions. I think they excluded reincarnation because it, it gives the public maybe too much of a sense of power in a sense of like, okay, well, Hey, if we're living under tyranny and I die for the cause of freeing, right? There is no real death, right? Um, there is no final death. And um, so I just, I think that, yeah, I, I think that there was manipulation in the past to kind of engineer the way people think about the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I definitely think it's a benefit to get a hold of those extra biblical texts. You know, any any kind of book that you could read on it, because in that that second temple period of Jesus, you know, they were aware of the Book of Enoch. You know, they they were aware of these other books like Jasher and all that. 
Um, so if they were reading it and they were studying it along with their Torah, we need to be studying it too. You know, we need to know it, you know, don't, don't just disregard it because it was omitted from certain versions of the Bible, you know, um, consider it and, uh, it maybe, uh, maybe get a little bit more cred than what, what was given at some points. Cause even, even our Bible, like, uh, I was born and raised Catholic. I have a Catholic Bible sitting right here behind me. You know, my my dad's side of the family it came from them. There's more books in that than there are in the, you know, the typical Protestant Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ethiopian Bible, it still has the Book of Enoch in it. So yeah, uh, so yeah. Okay, I mean, I, can, can I can I let me? I want to really shift gears here, and I want to ask you a question. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not, I'm not biblically knowledgeable enough to know like the verses and the numbers. Right. But let's just, I'll just give you the blank. It, the blank shall lie with the blank. Yeah. Right. What, what is it? Yeah. Everybody thinks it's the lion should lie with the lamb, but it's not. Right. It, well, it's the wolf. It's with not the anymore. Yeah. I mean, do you, what do you remember from being a, a child? I always remember it being the lion, the lion and the lamb. Yeah, you there's songs about it. it. Yeah. There's songs about it. There's paintings about it. There's everything about it. That's what I always remember it being. Yeah. And I went, I, you know, I grew up here in Hawaii. I went to a Christian school because the public schools are really rough. You're a little white boy. Yeah. You know, got my ass kicked for no reason every time i was at public school here um but anyways i just i remember the lion shall lay with the lamb right and you open up a bible now and it says the wolf shall abide with what the lamb yeah what the hell what the what is that i know man what is yeah. that that's one of those uh what do they call it? Mandela effects, right? Right. <laughs> what What the heck is that? Yeah, I, I don't know, bro. <laughs> That's a good. I question. just had to. I just had to ask you. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I yeah. I, I should get that. I should get that old Bible out. You know, it's from the seventies. That's from like nineteen seventy two, nineteen seventy three. I've looked in old ones. I've looked in old ones. They They all say. They all say. Wolf. Wow. Doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> um, but you know, that's this is a it's a good this I'm I'm really glad I brought that up. It just it just jumped in my brain to bring up because that's my favorite thing with all of this stuff. And I really this is like a huge point that I I love to make is that with all this stuff that I've been talking about, when it's the Sasquatch, with the little people, with the, all this stuff, is it all brings, like, I have way more questions and answers. Oh, Even yeah. with everything I've been through, every wild experience, I have way more, it's like it's added this vast mystery to life. And I love that. Like, I don't need to have everything figured out. I don't need to have all the answers you know like i'm i would rather have a much 
greater mystery in front of me, you know? And so that's what I appreciate. Yeah. Same here, man. I, I, I love having something to think about, you know, outside of the daily drive of work and the show and, you know, whatever. I love that there are so many mysteries that God leaves us with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I, I believe that it's like, uh, yeah, God has all power, all powerful, all control of everything of just, you know, we have nothing to fear, but, but fear only, yeah. only our own delusional fears is, is the only thing that can mess us up. And, um, yeah. and, um, but yeah, so I mean, the thing like the Bible changing, I just I almost get a feeling like that's like those higher forces, like knocking on our door and going, hey, 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 do you notice me? <laughs> you know, like I just I kind of love it. I don't know. Um, yeah. But hey, I got to say, um, my battery on my phone is almost out. And I saw so my phone's about to die. So um, we should just wrap this up. And I really appreciate you having me on. And it's been wonderful talking with you. It's been it's been wonderful having you, man. I, I appreciate it so much. And I'm so glad that the video worked out um, that we could we could just sit here and have a conversation and not have to worry about anything. It's just been a blessing. You've been a blessing. Yeah, man. Uh, I, oh, man. I just thank you for sharing everything with me, bro. Oh, my pleasure. Really, 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 really enjoyed it. And um yeah. Hey, reach out to me anytime you got my phone number and um, yeah, you take care. Hey, you too, brother. God bless. God bless. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. Just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel it anytime. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
There's a river yeah. flowing from God's holy where the tree of life is blooming, where the land has not been told by this. No more tears. personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
Better days. 